Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us. I'm Lou Dobbs. Our president is in Hawaii today after last week telling reporters no comment when asked about the almost two weeks ago wildfire disaster on Maui and what is now expected to be a death toll in the hundreds. Biden's there now after going to stay in the Lake Tahoe mansion he rented from dim oligarch and donor Tom Steyer after being on vacation last week. This impaired puppet of a president has compromised our national security to unprecedented levels of vulnerability. Gateway Pundit reporting Hunter Biden's attorney leaked the entire case file on the DOJ's five-year investigation. The New York Times and Politico revealing new shocking information about the DOJ and that case. The Times reporting Biden's attorneys lobbied the Department of Justice to prosecute the IRS whistleblowers instead of Hunter Biden. And Politico revealed that Hunter Biden was involved in the Ukraine impeachment investigation of President Trump and met with impeachment attorneys in January of 2020 as the Marxist Dems lied throughout their effort with the deep state to overthrow Trump's presidency. No one reported on the Trump presidency and with greater clarity and accuracy than John Solomon. John is the editor of Just the News and is our guest today, I'm pleased to say. John, always great to have you with us. These four House investigating committees have done amazing work producing important evidence and closing in now on President Biden. Yeah, I agree. I think the most important thing that Republicans had to do was unravel a bunch of false stories that had been force fed to the American people for really three years. Everything from the laptop was Russian disinformation to Joe Biden never got any money from China to Joe Biden never had any contact with his business partners to Hunter Biden didn't do anything wrong. And all of those have been unraveled in, in about seven months. And now the question is, what is the next step? All right. We now know that Joe Biden lied his way into uh, uh, the in his job interview for the White House. He lied his way into the White House. He told us four or five seminal things to downplay uh, the influence peddling scandal in his family. And he got into office. And now the American public are finding out that uh, none of those things were true. And I think that that's a very powerful moment for a president to look in the camera and get caught in multiple lies. And by the way, uh, these stories are getting out even when the mainstream news media aren't covering them. You see the polling data moving. You're seeing Americans, despite the New York Times and Washington Post, understand they were lied to and that serious things happen. The question is, where does Congress go next? How do they take all these disparate things into a uh, into a more uh, sensical final uh investigation and from an investigation to the consequence. How do you punish Joe Biden? 
I would watch coming out of the September uh, of the summer recess when uh, Congress comes back in early September for them to take all these investigations, put them into a select committee, not an impeachment committee, yet, but a select committee to get the remaining evidence. We still got some big questions out there. Did Joe Biden get financial benefit or money like the FBI informant told the FBI and the FBI didn't appear to investigate. That's a very important aspect of this. Did Joe Biden change any foreign uh, U.S. policies to benefit Hunter Biden? That would be a major next step in this. All right. We know he lied. We know Hunter Biden was trading on the family name. Democrats can't even claim that anymore. So they stopped. But I do think um, that there are uh, significant uh, facts that still can be obtained through subpoenas and, and compelling. Most of the stuff that uh, Democrats got so far is low hanging fruit. They've got a lot of it. They've done a good job, but now there are more reluctant people that aren't coming forward. There are more, there are documents that are being withheld. Those I think are the next round. A select committee can escalate those fights, um, uh, and, and try to get the remainder of the story out so that by the end of the year, Republicans can make an informed decision and tell the American people, here's why we're going to impeach Joe Biden, or here's why we're not going to impeach Joe Biden. And I think that that's the next step. A select committee can move more quickly. It can synthesize multiple storylines from multiple committees into an overarching narrative of the culture of corruption that Joe Biden now represents. And it can get those last remaining questions. I'd watch for that. And then a decision probably in December or January, whether to move forward with impeachment. I, I think that that's the step forward based on the report. I'm doing. What powers do, does a select committee have as opposed to the oversight committee or the judiciary committee in their traditional oversight roles? The powers are the same. I think the coordination becomes a little bit easier to do. You're able to take disparate items. Maybe the Judiciary Committee had something from a whistleblower and the Oversight Committee had something from a document and the Ways and Means Committee got something from the IRS. The Select Committee can take all of that and organize it into a way that everyday Americans can understand what's going on. We did it after 9-11 when House Intelligence, House Judiciary, uh, House Oversight, and many others had to pull disparate ideas together so we can understand how did we get sucker punched by terrorists? How did the most powerful country in the world do that? You saw last year the Democrats take sort of a fake investigation, but at least make it a cohesive story with the select committee on January 6th. Now, of course, they use that committee to avoid most of the evidence that could have come out. And they kept the Republicans on the sidelines, which was their strategy. We don't want to have smart Republicans on the committee because they might expose the stories that we don't want to put out there. But a select committee has the ability to pull disparate uh, oversights into a single narrative. I think right now things are piecemeal. We get something amazing from Jim Jordan one day, uh, James Comer the next day. And people are saying, well, how do I connect all these things? A select committee can do that. One of the good examples of that were, were in the Senate back in the 90s during the Clinton scandals. Uh, Bill Clinton had so many Clinton, uh, scandals, right? He had Whitewater. He had Monica Lewinsky. He had the Ch China fundraising. Uh, the Senate in Republican hands, focused two committees, one on uh, the China fundraising scandal, uh, which Fred Thompson chaired. And we got a very clear narrative. We suddenly realized, OK, the uh, White House Lincoln bedroom and uh, the Buddhist monks and all those, they were all part of a, a, an operation to drain Asia money into the United States, foreign money into the United States, disguise it. And that became a real problem. Likewise, Whitewater led ultimately to the impeachment and Monica Lewinsky. Uh, those sort of committees, I think they focus a lot of disparate facts into a single narrative.
so that Americans make up. How serious is this? Do I? Okay, this is serious. Here's why I, I, I do it. I think the way we're doing right now, there's a lot of great revelations, but the story isn't uh, understandable to everyday Americans. It's getting there. But I think a select committee, I think, would organize the thoughts and get a narrative that's supports impeachment in time for January, or if they don't have it, say, hey, we don't have it. We'll go into the election with what we do have. You know, as as you recount uh, the the scandals of the Clinton years. Oh, yes. But we have to remind ourselves that Bill Clinton was a two-term president. That's right. And not only that, he was a very successful president. Yes. I, I don't think anyone would argue with that either, no. uh, despite all of those scandals. Why should we not fear the same possibility? Yeah, listen, I think there's something you know, a little bit different about um, uh, Bill Clinton and uh, the um, Biden scandals. And, and they were all very cogent. In fact, the most serious of the offenses in the Bill Clinton presidency occurred in the beginning of his second term. The 1996 reelection, he drained all that China money to get reelected. And uh, he had the inappropriate relationship with Monica Lewinsky in 97, 98, going in to the 98 impeachment. Joe Biden's uh, uh, offenses began the last time he was in power. We now realized what a uh, crooked, corrupt system he and his son were running. What did, what did Devin Archer call it? A brand. You got Joe Biden and Hunter Biden for the price of one. And Joe Biden bought you protection. And specifically in the case of Burisma, what type of protection was that? No one would legally mess with Burisma as long as Hunter Biden was on the board. That was the value proposition. We haven't had that clear of an outlay of a pay to play influence peddling scandal. Uh, it, certainly not in the uh, Clinton years. The Clinton years, they raised money no matter where it came from, and they didn't care if it was foreign. But here you have a targeting of foreign money to enrich the Biden family, and it was a protection racket by one of the participants in it. That's Devin Archer's own testimony. So he used, abused power uh, in his vice president office, according to the testimony, and then he lied about it to get elected and get promoted from vice president past to uh, president that uh, could very potentially affect the ability of Joe Biden to get reelected in 2024. People are going to say, you looked in the camera and you just lied to me. Wait a second. You were trading policy or you were meeting with business partners so your family could get rich. It's a uh, president is a very personal decision. And I think the notion that Joe Biden was willing to look into the camera in 2020 and say that isn't true when it was not once, not twice, but five or six times. I think that could have a, a profound effect on the 2024 election and really the ultimate jury of the impeachment or whatever this is going to be is going to be the 2024 voters they are going to say, hey, we gave this guy a, a chance to be president based on these things and we're finding out they're not true. That's going to be a very different dynamic than what Bill Clinton faced in, in uh, 1996. He really could run on the economy then. And nah, there was some whitewater scandal from the Arkansas days. But, it, you know, in the second term, there were things he did as president that became right. consequential. I think Joe Biden's already at that point before reelection. We're talking with John Solomon, editor in chief of Just the News. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll take up scandals past and present. Stay with us. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. 
we can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're back. We're talking with John Solomon. And John, I want to turn to what we do know now. And what we do know... Uh, and in large measure, much of it is serendipitous, as well as the work product of four investigating committees. We do know that Bill Barr plays a central role yes. in what happened in the 2020 election. We do know that. And we know that uh, the, the 51 veterans of the intelligence community, including five former directors of the CIA, were were complicit and active uh, and perhaps determinate in the outcome of that election. Your thoughts? Yeah, listen, I think we're still trying to understand what Bill Barr did and didn't do, what he says he did versus what actually happened. And I think um, the fact pattern, uh, as he lays out on his various media interviews, sometimes doesn't match what I saw in real time. And, and clearly, he put trust in the institutions of a U.S. attorney's office, which clearly didn't take the full weight of the evidence and run with it. Instead, they tried to give a sweetheart deal. So I think Bill Barr was a guy that thought he was doing the right things. And in so doing, may have put too much reliance on a judicial system or a justice department that clearly still favors the rich and the powerful and the connected over uh, everyday people. And you can see that in uh, just how the uh, special prosecutor's investigation with Russia collusion um, ended up. Most people that did something wrong walked away unscathed, right? And in Joe Biden, uh, Bill Barr made a decision that Hunter Biden's sins were somehow uh, couldn't be prosecuted in the window for election. But those were not uh, charges involving Joe Biden. There was nothing that prevented the American people uh, from understanding that uh Hunter Biden did something wrong and it wasn't meddling against Joe Biden to acknowledge it. Right. Uh, for some reason, he created the election window and he wasn't in, he was also inconsistent. You and I have talked about this. He said, I didn't want to meddle in the election. That's why we kept everything secret about Hunter Biden, except he put out documents about Joe Biden in September of 2020. Joe Biden attended the famous Barack Obama January 5th, 2016 meeting to go get Mike Flynn. Well, wait, that affected Joe Biden. Why were you willing to acknowledge that? But not Hunter Biden. There's an inconsistency in the behavior of Bill Barr uh, by his own standards that he's never answered and why he went to Delaware uh, when of the tax crimes at the time that were alleged occurred in Washington, D.C., in, in California, because that's where Hunter Biden was residing at the time, uh, are all mystifying to people. And I don't think I think at some point there'd be a value in House Republicans calling him before Congress and saying, you did this and this and this. Uh, why? why? Why did you appoint a Delaware U.S. attorney when the crimes you had before you were in Virginia and or excuse me, in Washington and California? Why didn't you give him special counsel status to overcome that? 
the media interviews that have been done with Bill Barr haven't asked, I think, the probative questions that would get the right answers. So maybe Congress should do it. I, I, I want to give Bill Barr the benefit of doubt. I'd like to know these answers. He hasn't been willing to do an interview with me, but I'd sure love to do one with him. You know, oddly enough, and we've tried, he doesn't want to talk to me either. <laughs> maybe you and I ask too many follow-up questions. That may be the problem. <laughs> yes. Because otherwise we're entirely charming people, right? <laughs> of course uh, we are. <laughs> it, it's uh, it, it's it's difficult for me yeah. to understand Bill Barr, as you suggest. Yeah. I think all of us are perplexed. Uh, and I and my uh, my my anxiety about his motives uh, is they're very they're very high and and, and intense because of a couple yeah. of things. One, uh, he acknowledges that he knew Joe Biden was lying, and they. Uh, what was the second but uh, final debate of 2020 with, with President Trump? He, uh, he, he lied. Uh, Biden lied. Barr knew it. Uh, he was in possession. He, the director of the FBI at that time, Bill Barr, was in possession of the of the Hunter Biden laptop from hell uh, right. since December of uh, 2019. Mm -hmm. He was also sending off his agents uh, to to create some considerable uh, havoc with social media and okay. big tech. Uh, and, and even now we're seeing a number of the agents being prosecuted for that for, uh, as a result of the uh, the relationships they developed, which were really basically demanding that social voices, uh, that conservative voices yeah. be simply snuffed out. Uh, by social media and that be, big tech had a free hand in skewing the uh, the outcome of the 2020 election. In so many places, Bill Barr is at the nexus of what turned out to be a awfully rigged election, don't you think? Uh, well, listen, we we Joe Biden uh, was allowed to lie his way into office and the evidence that would uh, contradict him was sitting in the Justice Department's files and the FBI's files. Um, I think there are going to be great questions soon in the reporting I'm doing about whether the, the Justice Department and State Department actually provided the exculpatory evidence that could have uh, made a difference in President Trump's first impeachment trial. I think that's another thing. In all the reporting I've done, and again, until Bill Barr and I sit across from each other, if that ever is possible, I won't know the answer. But I will say this. I think Bill Barr, in his most recent interviews, uh, has acknowledged something that may be the ultimate truism of his term. I think he assumed the Justice Department worked the way it did in the 1990s and it was 2020 and there was clear evidence it wasn't. The Russia collusion story, uh, story made everybody clear that the Justice Department wasn't the same Justice Department of yesteryear. He was an institutionalist who put faith in an institution that had serious signs of decay and failure and bias. And uh, in so doing, he changed the course of history. He allowed these in flawed institutions that were caught cheating on FISA, caught cheating on um, investigating people without a basis uh, to continue to oversee very important investigations without independence. And I think that's how you end up with the Hunter Biden case being swept under the rug until 2022, 2023. Uh, history will look back and say, he told us the institutions are flawed, but then he put new trust in them and <laughs> they acted the same way again. Yeah. And I think that will be Bill Barr's ultimate verdict from history, given the evidence that we now know. And I think a lot of his friends have told me that, that that's how they view this. He was an institutionalist. He knew the institutions are flawed, but he gave him another shot. Well, they acted the way they did the last time they were flawed. And I, I think that's how history may look at him. When we continue with John Solomon, we're going to find out uh, what John thinks about the reasons of motivation then 
uh, for this erstwhile Pollyanna Bill Barr uh, to be trying to convict Donald Trump. Stay with us. We'll take that up right after this break. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with the great John Solomon. John, Bill Barr, I guess there are lots of ways to rationalize, to explain, to to explicate uh, some of his judgments and his thinking. But I really... I really just don't see anything here but a man who has been great trouble for Donald Trump, uh, an institutionalist, you call him. I would call him, without a question, a great friend of the deep state. Uh, he, he appears to be both a participant in the plot to overthrow the president, as well as uh, a central figure in the cover up. Give us your thinking on that as we conclude here yeah. on, on this edition of the Great America Show. Always the last word, our guest. I appreciate that. Listen, I think Bill Barr is a complicated character because he comes in and does what Jeff Sessions failed to do, which is to expose the Russia collusion case for what it was. And he sets in motion a whole process. And that process informs him and the American public that we have an FBI in the Justice Department that engaged in politics played a dirty trick on the American people as well as the incumbent president. And then for some reason that escapes explanation, he puts trust in that very unfixed, untrusted, uh, failed system to do the right thing on Hunter Biden. And he wonders why it didn't turn out the way it, it uh, he thought it would. I think the answer was self-evident. The agencies hadn't been fixed enough to put the trust in him to actually do this. He could have done some very simple things, named a special prosecutor for Hunter Biden, and that would have moved uh, the independence to these prosecutor and away from some of the partisans. Somewhere in late 2020 into, uh, into November, December, he clearly, I take him at his word, that he came to the conclusion that he didn't believe President Trump had the temperament to be president anymore. So a guy he liked serving and wanted to serve, he came to a different conclusion about, uh, uh, particularly in the aftermath of the November 2020 election. By the way, I've talked to other uh, officials who work for President Trump that have come to that same conclusion. Bill Barr represents several people that worked for President Trump in the latter year of his presidency who now think that he doesn't have the temperament. They don't like him. Mike Pence has flip-flopped on this and others. Uh, there are just people that feel that way after working for Donald Trump. Now he's going to be, as by his own admission, 
uh, willing to try to use the legal system cases against Donald Trump to make the argument to the American people that President Trump shouldn't deserve another term. People are going to judge those actions for what they are. And let's just take a look at one good example of Mike Pence. Mike Pence gave this really robust round of interviews this week. Oh, I knew Donald Trump was full of malarkey when uh, he was saying this election was stolen. Well, yeah, but Mike Pence on January 4th in the state of Georgia, you told us you shared his concerns and that everyone's voice could be heard on January 6th. Were you lying then or are you lying now? Some of these officials are going to face that sort of interrogation if they become witnesses against President Trump and Trump's legal team finally gets to interrogate them in the court of law. They're not getting asked hard questions in the court of public opinion by softball journalists. But, you know, Mike Pence has to answer when you on January 4th, you said you shared the concerns and there were real concerns about election integrity and the, your people's voice are going to be heard in six. What did you mean by that? And how, what, did you come to a conclusion now or were you lying then? These are the sort of questions journalists aren't asking. But if it gets to a trial, people like Mike Pence and Bill Barr and others will do it. Here's a good question for Bill Barr. You said you investigated it. Did you investigate uh, the Carter Jones report in Fulton County that laid out clear irregularities? Did you know about the Iranians hacking a voter database, stealing 100,000 voters and using it in an operation? If so, why would you say it was a perfect election? These are the sort of things that President Trump's lawyers will be able to cross-examine these officials if Jack Smith has the courage to put him on the stand against the president. It's one thing to mention him in an indictment. It's another thing to bring him into the courtroom. I think President Trump will be able to cross-examine some of his former aides who flipped against him, examine some of the people who are still with him, and I think we'll get some new things. Keep in mind, Everybody told us in December of 20, there were no foreign intrusions, no hacking. Just That's so important to observe that we were told there were no hackings of voter databases and no foreign intrusions in the 2020 election. We were told on uh, 60 Minutes, uh, Chris Krebs and, and Rod Raffsenberger gave us the it was a perfect election thing. And then in the months that ensued with reporting I did and eventually a case that came out, we found out the Iranians did hack a database in the middle of the 2020 election, a state voter database assumed the identities of voters that they had stolen and they ran an influence operation. That is very different from what we were assured in November, December 2020. Brad Raffsenberger said, oh, we had a perfect election in Georgia and then said, oh, no, I had this Carter Jones report. My own guy saw all sorts of calamity in, in Fulton County. Now, it doesn't mean that it would have changed the outcome, but we weren't given an honest picture. It took us months to get the truth. Some of those things are going to be at the uh, ability of President Trump's lawyers to draw out and to inform the American public about things that the mainstream media probably have kept under wraps about the 2020 election. So much has been kept under wraps and a breaking story uh, across the country. Uh, you know, Michigan law enforcement uh, revealing a, a voter fraud incident, uh, a group funded by Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign, uh, submitting fraudulent uh, voter registrations uh, and, and votes. Uh, we don't know how big it is at this point, but we do know it's extensive and it may have been replicated in other parts of the country uh, and possibly in the battleground states themselves. It's a challenging thing because Republicans also can't take their eye off the ball in 2024. They got to get in the game of early voting. That's how they've lost some ground to Democrats in the last few elections. So you have to achieve both, right? You want to put a finality to 2020 because Congress never got there, never did it after the 2020 election. So the court system probably becomes that venue for some of that. And at the same time, while whatever happened in 20 and 2022, you need a Republican Party that's going to be focused on how do we win 2024 on the issues and tactics of 2024, because Republicans Republicans have really been two elections behind on the strategies of Democrats starting in 2018 
they can't afford to be behind in 2024. They're going to have the same outcome as the last two elections. So they're going to have to balance both. But I do believe the court gives President Trump potentially an opportunity to litigate some issues that are in his favor or that Americans haven't fully appreciated. And then uh, the rest of the party has to focus on making sure that they have a strategy that's different than 2022 and 2020 when they underperformed in the elections. That's a big challenge. We'll see how it plays out. History will tell us. Absolutely. Meanwhile, John Solomon will be telling us what is just the news. We appreciate it so much. Thanks, John, as always. God bless you. You too, Lou. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. And here tomorrow, our guest is Dr. Judith Curry, professor of atmospheric sciences from Georgia Tech, who's taken on the left-wing climate change orthodoxy. Be with us for that fascinating professor and her views on climate change and, well, just plain malarkey, as Mr. Biden likes to say. Be with us for that tomorrow and each and every weekday. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs. That's at Lou Dobbs. Thanks for being with us. God bless you and God bless America. America.